Following the American Revolution, America obviously experienced a ton of changes that would help shape it. The center of these changes was Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton is one of the most influential and famous people in American history, and he is the key person to help shape America following its new evolution as a country. He's even seen today because of his brilliance in life. His ideas in life have sparked numerous books, articles, and even one of the most famous plays of all time, Hamilton. Now before we dive deeper into Hamilton and America, we should first start with some context on him. To start off, Hamilton was an immigrant. That's right, despite this man having one of the greatest influences on America, Hamilton was not born in America. Instead, he was born in the West Indies. In his early years in the West Indies, Hamilton was exposed directly to the dominant economy of sugar and saw firsthand the exploitation of slave labor. Because of this, Hamilton later became an abolitionist. Realizing his brilliance throughout the years, Hamilton's local community banded together and raised money to send him to North America for a better education. Hamilton quickly took off to New York City and attended a present-day Columbia University. Though Hamilton never got to finish college. Rather, he got mesmerized by the new American Revolution and knew he had to be involved somehow. While still studying, he commanded an artillery company in the Continental Army and even fought in the battles of Trenton and Princeton. Catching the eye of General George Washington for his strong ambitions in the Revolution, Hamilton served directly under Washington as his assistant. Gaining popularity quickly and rising through social ranks, Hamilton married a woman named Eliza Schuyler. Eliza was a wealthy woman and daughter of a powerful man in New York, so Hamilton gained a boost in wealth and social status. Later on, however, Hamilton would be involved in a sexual affair that would virtually end his career. Also during the Revolution, Hamilton met another influential man during this time, Aaron Burr. Now remember this name, because we'll talk more about Hamilton and Burr's relationship later. Now back to the war. Hamilton left Washington's staff, but later returned when he commanded American forces in the Battle of Yorktown. He led a small American force of around 400 men to seize Redoubt No. 10. Redoubt No. 10 was a fortification set up by the British Army to defend themselves and hold off against the Continental Army. Taking Redoubt No. 10 was crucial to winning the Battle of Yorktown, as it would allow for the Continental Army to get close enough to Yorktown and attack. Seeking to prove his leadership and worth, Hamilton led the troops to Redoubt No. 10 and successfully conquered it. This leadership from Hamilton was a key part in the conclusion of the Revolutionary War. Because of Hamilton, America not only won the battle, but they won the war and their independence. And now back again to the politics. Following the war, Hamilton really started to involve himself with politics. Hamilton and Burr were both deeply involved with the Amer- with American politics, and their relationship formed more into competitors and frenemies rather than friends. Burr was, Burr was a lawyer and served as a senator for New York. He also offered his political ideals. Hamilton also offered his political opinions, creating and leading the Federalist Party, and served as a lawyer and high government official, but instead, Hamilton served as the first Secretary of the Treasury. Now serving as the first Secretary of the Treasury was already a great feat in and of himself, but also brought a sense of responsibility. Wanting to now prove himself in front of President Washington and newly formed America, Hamilton brought important financial and political changes that would greatly improve America. Let's start off with Hamilton's financial plan first. Obviously, the cost of war isn't cheap, so when the war was over, America faced a huge debt problem. 
While scrambling to find solutions to tackle this enormous debt, Hamilton emerged with a three-part financial plan aimed not only to correct America's debt, but also to grow its economy. In this first part, Hamilton explained that the government should assume the state's debt, meaning that the government should pay off all the debt that had accumulated as a result of the Revolutionary War. This, in turn, would remove America's debt and also make America more appealing for loans from other countries. To do this, Hamilton suggested issuing security bonds which would raise money. His second part his second part was for America to create a national bank. A national bank, Hamilton believed, would lead to a better economy through printing a paper currency. Hamilton also thought that through a national bank, America would be able to handle its finances better. His third and final part of his financial plan was to increase industrialization and commerce within America. Hamilton wanted industries to become self-sufficient and favored England to help increase its commerce. Hamilton also wanted the government to impose high tariffs and government subsides to promote American industries. Now, of course, Hamilton's plan did not go unopposed. His plan drew a lot of hate and negativity, even from other key figures like Thomas Jefferson. One of Jefferson's main points and concerns was that the government was going to become too powerful. He also favored a more agrarian society instead of an industrial powerhouse that Hamilton had advocated for. To gain Jefferson's support in his plan, Hamilton agreed to move the nation's capital from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to what is now Washington, D.C. Hamilton, Hamilton's plan won congressional approval, and his plan could now be put into action. The plan was widely successful, and America was able to pay off its national debt, create a critically needed national bank, and expand commerce. Jefferson was right in some sense, though. The government did gain a substantial amount of power through Hamilton's plan. An example of this was through the Whiskey Rebellion. The Whiskey Rebellion was a protest against a tax imposed on whiskey by Hamilton. Farmers led a variety of assaults and attacks on tax collectors and federal marshals. To stop this, Hamilton, joined by Federal Robert Lee, personally went to Pennsylvania, where the rebellion took place in, and put an end to the rebellion. This showed the extent of the government's powers. Hamilton's glory does not stop with just financial changes to America, however. He also brought numerous political changes. Now, like we said earlier, Hamilton was not shy to share his political opinions. In fact, Hamilton created the Federalist Party. The Federalists reflected Hamilton's ideas, such as a strong government. They also supported the Constitution as they believed it would serve as the basis for their central government. The Federalists, though, like anything in politics, was not agreed upon by everyone. Thomas Jefferson, again, was one of the people who opposed Hamilton. He led the Anti-Federalists, a group who, in the name, were against the Federalists. They favored states' rights rather than central government, so they dis approved of the Constitution. They believed that this government would gain even more power and become too tyrannical. In response to this, Hamilton collaborated with James Madison and John Jay to write the Federalist Papers. The Federalist Papers were a series of essays written to defend the Constitution. They were a success. The doubtful people of the Constitution were now believers, and the Constitution was finally ratified. Hamilton also heavily influenced the election of 1800. After the election had ended in a presidential tie between Aaron Burr and Thomas Jefferson, the people turned to Hamilton to seek his opinion on who would be a better president. Now before we reveal what happened in the election, let's backtrack into the Burr-Hamilton relationship. 
Like we said before, they were frenemies, rivals even. Each man strived to be better than the other. If you remember from earlier, we said Burr was a New York senator. This was so significant in their relationship because this is where Burr went against Hamilton's father-in-law, Philip Seiler, for the Senate position whom Hamilton was very close to. This angered Hamilton as he obviously did not want Burr to politically advance. So in the election of 1800, despite Hamilton and Jefferson disagreeing and fighting on many terms, Hamilton and George Jefferson. Jefferson, with the political backing of Hamilton, became president and Burr became vice president. The failure to endorse him mixed with other remarks made him about him angered Burr. Burr thought that he should have become president, and nasty remarks from Hamilton only fueled his hatred towards Hamilton. To settle the rivalry between him and Hamilton, Burr challenged Hamilton to a duel. Both men traveled to New Jersey where dueling was legal and prepared the duel. Hamilton had missed. Hamilton missed his shots in the duel and was fatally wounded by Burr. This duel was the finale of Hamilton's life. So now we can see how Hamilton, how important Hamilton was to America. His leadership in the Battle of Yorktown and the American Revolution as a whole was crucial in America gaining its independence. His financial plan and political aspirations were brilliant as they grew America's economy exponentially and helped navigate America's new political system. Hamilton was the key figure in early American history through his leadership, brilliance, and aspirations.